It's July 13th, 2023. This is Rook. Welcome to episode 272 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Canada. Hello to you from Toronto. Hello to you from Middle North Toronto. Salam dostan aziz, duru vashama. Welcome, khoshamadi. Hope you're doing well. Wherever you are tuning in from around the world, we are on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. Smart Pega is in the studio. Hello, Smart Pega. Hello. Does having an accent make life harder? Hmm. The proposition I put to you, people of <laughs> Earth. <laughs> Does having an accent make life harder? By the way, I labored over this question mm -hmm. because first I had, um, uh, is having an accent a liability? Ooh. Yeah. Liability. Well, exactly. <laughs> These people with accents are not going to understand what that means. <laughs> I can't. Way to set the already, stage. Yeah, already making <laughs> jokes. And this is a very actually uh, sensitive subject. I, that, but no, I was thinking, well, maybe that's. That's a little too pricey. Mm -hmm. What, what, what mm -hmm. am I trying to? Why don't I just be simpler, clearer? Right. And then I had, I was thinking, uh, is having an accent problematic? Mm -hmm. But that one doesn't want to make the case or, or or be subtly trying to suggest that we're assigning blame to the person who has an accent. We're not. We're walking into this saying right. it's neither right nor wrong to have an accent. Mm -hmm. The point is, does it make your life more difficult? Right. So. It's kind of a simplified, it's an extremely simplified question to what will inevitably be a complex conversation. Mm -hmm. But to get to the point of what we mean by this, I'm already issuing all the disclaimers. I was going to yeah. say, it's like we it's haven't like, even... for God's sake. You know, we can't yeah. even ask a question. I barely said hello. <laughs> yeah. What we mean is, if you are coming from the east to the west... Mm -hmm. I mean, in as much as this program that we do is for, it's for everybody around the world, it's for even Iranians inside Iran, mm -hmm. but we're talking about the diaspora mostly, immigrants and Iranians who are around the world, and the dominant language now, the lingua franca, the worldwide language, is now English. Mm -hmm. So if English is your not your mother tongue, it's your second language, or third, or fourth, or fifth, right. and you are coming to the West or you are speaking English with an accent. Forget the grammar. We're talking about the accent, mm -hmm. right? Uh, does that make life more difficult for you socially, professionally? Mm -hmm. What are the implications? How does it shape the way people see you? And unfortunately, some studies show that it doesn't shape the way people see you so well. Unfortunately, yep. they, there are some negative associations that come with people having, especially if they have a heavy accent. Mm -hmm. Now, we have an, an expert coming on the show. By the way, she has made me promise that I have to dial down the uh, my exuberance. Not my exuberance, <laughs> but I can't be too grandiose in what I... She says, you know, don't make a big deal out of me. Don't, don't say I'm... Don't give me all these titles and stuff, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, you know... Uh, people who come on this show and pretend they have a PhD, we call a doctor. What am I... Oh, I have goodness. to call you a doctor. You really have a PhD. Yeah. 
Anyway, she is a professor. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she's an academic. She's an author. Uh, she is a uh, speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is the, the chair. She's the, the president of the Canadian Linguistics Association. Wow. Happens to also be my sister, my sibling. Just happens to be. Dr. Gila Gomashi is coming on the first time my sister's come on Rook. Wow. Yeah. And I'm excited to have her on the program. Mm-hmm. And she knows about this stuff. I mean, she she did her PhD in um, Persian syntax. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I say that as if I'm, I have no idea what that means. Something about the way people speak, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> She's helpful. a linguist. <laughs> That's helpful. Yeah, it's a linguist. <laughs> The, the well, way you've just minimized that entire dissertation. When we were growing up, my dad would say, it was like everything, nobody understood what a linguist was. So my dad would say, well, of course, uh, she understands this is a better car. She is linguist. And my dad, she was just like, dad, that has nothing to do with being a, you know, no, none of us know what it means. But it's, it's something about the way people speak, why mm-hmm. they speak, accents. She wrote a book. I can't understand the whole book. The, the whole book is in... Like it's in this. Have you weird. read it? Yes, I, I tried to read it. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I was so proud of her. And I read the first page, I, and then I gave up. It's, <laughs> no, because in linguistics they have this whole language that they linguists so, have their own language. They do. It's okay. a technical it's kind of <laughs> science language. I don't know what it is. No, really. I mean, it's not. You have to study linguistics right. to understand what the linguistics book says. So I mean, I sort of you know the circular reference uh, here. It's a disaster. Anyway, Dr. Gila Gameshi coming up to mm-hmm. talk about. Um, this issue of having an accent, this is something we've talked about on the show a number mm-hmm. of times. It's come up amongst our team yes. because there are team members we have who uh, happen to be Iranian immigrants who've been here, who've come here in the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, and some of whom have heavier accents than others, and some of whom say that it really does affect their lives mm-hmm. having an accent. Now, I put out a video yesterday on Instagram so we could get some comments before we get comments. into this. Did you? Let me ask you: Did you anticipate the enthusiasm that this question would uh, ignite? You know, I don't know. I was really excited about this episode. Why were you excited? Because I think it's you know I've often thought about. Um, Why do you speak that way? Is that a, a Toronto <laughs> suburb accent that you have? Probably. Or, yeah. No. Go ahead. Probably something like that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I really have. I've often thought about um, the struggles that individuals might have who have an accent yes. or a more apparent accent you know my sister and i my poor mom we we bug her all the time and we always say you know can you say squirrel or can you say certain words yeah. that are, are a little bit more difficult yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and we yeah. always have this like running joke at home but you know it is it's so hard and i often think about um what implications that has and then i relate it to the difficulties that i have speaking farsi and how i feel speaking farsi yes. in situations where i'm uncomfortable speaking yes. farsi because Realistically, although it is my mother tongue, I am still more comfortable speaking English. Yeah, you don't speak with the fluency that I do, clearly. That's right, exactly. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I was really excited to to learn more about it and to hear, you know, a professional's take on this um, and actually to learn about it. So I was excited. My sister's great, by the way. She's a, she, you want to, I mean, I'm not allowed to say these things because she swore me to not say <laughs> anything sure good about is. her, but she is, no, she's very, she's very conscious. You know, she's been on radio and mm-hmm. TV. She talks a lot. She's very conversational. She, she's a good, you know, the, hopefully this will be an educational kind of mm-hmm. episode. As, well, that's, that's exactly it. what I was looking forward to. I want to learn a, a little bit more about the specifics of it, but 
I wasn't sure that everybody else would feel this way. So the fact that we've gotten some of the comments that we have and the level of enthusiasm that we've seen is amazing. It touches I was a nerve. Away. Yeah. You know, I I do think about my dad, my mm-hmm. dear late father, a lot because when it comes to the accent issue, because he had a heavy accent. Mm-hmm. And he had a heavy accent at a time. I'll, I'll put this to my sister. I'll put this to the doctor uh, <laughs> about whether she believes we're in a different era. I'm assuming, you know, a more globalized world, mm-hmm. a more immigrant-friendly place like Canada. I'm assuming means that things have become more tolerant, or Hopefully. or that 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 uh, yeah, who knows actually, but. You know, coming up in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. when I was a kid and my dad with this heavy accent, it, it was a really, I wrote about this in a, in a book that it was really hard for me to see sometimes the way my father spoke, the way that would shape opinions and ideas mm-hmm. about him. People would think him somehow lesser or right. uneducated or something. And he's a brilliant man. He's mm-hmm. my hero. He's got this, got the tattoo on my arm of mm-hmm. my dad's signature. But but with this heavy accent and, you know, maybe some of his grammar and the way right. he would kind of sheepishly talk sometimes, it it really did have an effect I saw on the way people saw him. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Persian, he was a different person almost. He was yeah. He had a different confidence. He had a different air about him. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is what we're seeing in the comments. Some it people is, saying, for sure. The confidence I- issue is, I think, the most apparent, you know. And I think that's something we've even heard within our team here, right? We've had that conversation before where it's, you know, I feel more confident speaking in this language as opposed to the other yeah. and being able to express yourself in one language versus the other. So all of that plays into it for sure. Now, all of that is, I'm not conjecture, but that's personal opinions. And mm-hmm. uh, what I'm very curious about is what kind of, um, studies, what kind of data, what kind of yeah. evidence is, is there that actually shows that it, this can have an effect mm-hmm. on how on um, people getting a job, uh, keeping their job, or you know um, being seen as able or, or trustworthy or right. all of those things. Uh, and it's interesting. We are seeing some now. After I speak with Gila, after we have the interview, mm-hmm. we're going to go through some of the comments yes. because we've got some actually some great comments, great comments, and some some of our prominent, uh, even former guests, mm-hmm. and, uh, are, are commenting on this. And so we'll go through some of those. But I am noticing, first of all, there's a diversity of comments. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are people who are very clearly saying having an accent absolutely shapes the way people see you and makes life harder mm-hmm. and who are directly saying I had a I had trouble getting a job in TV or something yes. because of my accent etc then there are others saying not so much not so much or or uh, I it no it shows that we can speak different mm-hmm. languages I'm proud of it yeah I don't know about that see that that's something I always thought and kind of still do is is that you know it you should be proud well of course it's not I, I think it is I, so difficult you know, to learn a new like honestly I again I keep going back to Farsi even though I've grown up with Farsi but it is so damn hard it is so hard for me to learn certain aspects yes. of the language and I can only imagine the reverse learning English it it's just as I, I just feel it's like a bit virtue signaling to say like oh but everyone they start, isn't everybody great because they can speak more than one language absolutely in fact. When I'm often when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. as somebody who lives in Canada, and if you go to certain parts of Canada, it's it can be a unilingual country. I mean, it's yeah. officially bilingual with French and English, For but sure. there's a lot of people who just speak English just in this English, country. Yeah. And so you go to somewhere like middle of Europe, and everybody speaks five languages, and you go, "Wow, look at these people! Mm-hmm. This is amazing!" And absolutely, 
it's a challenge. It's amazing that Iranians or whoever immigrants who come and can speak more than one language. Kudos to you. You know, way to. But that I don't want to. You know, people shouldn't. This isn't about giving people a badge or a medal. I feel like this. Let's have a real conversation. No, I does agree. it fuck you up to have an? Does it does it affect your life in a negative way to have an accent? Here's the thing. I agree with you that we should have a real conversation about this. But I also strongly believe in the fact that it really is something to be proud of. To be able to first of all uproot your life and come somewhere else. All of that we've yes. talked about this numerous yes. times, and how much I respect and appreciate that. But also on top of that, to be able to learn a brand new language and then have to you know be part of a society that speaks and communicates in this completely yes. different way than you're yes. used to of course that's something to be proud of and by the way i something i'll ask you about but you know i think the impressions that people have say in iran mm-hmm. of somebody speaking persian oh, with yeah. say an american accent differ from the way an american sees a persian speaking english you mm-hmm. know this is this is because again I think because English is the dominant language, yeah. there's kind of a um, an entitlement, a pretentiousness mm-hmm. of you need to learn how to speak yes. English, whereas some of the other country, smaller countries in the world would be like, oh, you've learned to speak our specific little yeah. language in our country, you know, and, and, and good for you, and mm-hmm. we'll pat you on the back and thank you for it. And if you don't or if you stumble, we'll accommodate you, but the, vi- the reverse here, it's almost like you feel like you need right. to learn the language. Right. Yeah. And so in as much as this can lead to a community, a global community conversation that, and can be helpful in that sense. Mm-hmm. I hope it it will, and I hope it does. I hope this uh, conversation with Sheila and the, and the comments that we're getting will will all foster more of that, and maybe we'll even continue it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, not since the Choresh Choresh debate, <laughs> <laughs> although nothing is as enthusiastic, nobody's as no. enthusiastic about anything as they are that. Definitely. We're the still way getting we comments. say Choresh. I know. What is re- <laughs> like, it's, it, I can't believe it. You know, all, all of these incredible episodes that we've yeah, had. Yeah. And Fatsani Mogadam yeah, talking yeah. about democracy. Exactly. Now, and yet, how do you, and not even Chodesh. How do you say Chodesh? Exactly. Is the, is the debate, right? Amazing. Okay. So, Pega, we'll um, come back yes. to you right after you're going to sit and listen to this conversation. Vajila's mm-hmm. about to join me. Uh, I should mention we're coming to you on rookmedia.com. It is there that you can link to all of our platforms. Rookmedia.com is the website. That's where our funnies are, our back episodes, our videos, everything. That's the hub of all things. We are also on a number of platforms. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, CastBox. Join us on any of those. If you'd like to see some visuals with Rook and you don't usually check us out on YouTube, you can see, in fact, some of full interviews are up there just on video on YouTube. And if you like your Rook descriptions, both in English and in Persian, with an accent or not. Check us out on Telegram. Remember, you can support this program by going to our website, rookmedia.com, and pressing the Support Us button, funny enough, and you can become a Rook member by joining our Patreon page. We really appreciate that. It's a few bucks a month. If you're a regular listener or audience member and you haven't done that uh, already, we would really appreciate it that you do. We're trusting you. Okay. Let's get started. It's no secret that as the population of Iranians in the diaspora grows massively each year, so does the number of people navigating the lingua franca of the world, English, with an accent. 
globalization has surely led to more accents of all stripes in all corners of the world. But for Iranian immigrants in particular, the notion of having an accent can be quite impactful on their lives. What are the pitfalls and perils of having a heavy accent? Are there positives as well? How does having an accent affect the way people are perceived, admired, hired, or dismissed? Does having an accent make you sexy or silly? Does it matter what the accent is and who is the person with it? Well, to address all of these questions on this special themed edition of Rook, we thought we'd turn to someone who has pondered these issues professionally and is the award-winning president of the Canadian Linguistics Association. She also happens to be my sister. Dr. Gila Gomeshi has been a professor at the University of Manitoba for over two decades after completing a PhD in linguistics at the University of Toronto on the syntax of Persian. She is a published author who has been the Associate Dean Chair at the Faculty of Arts at U of M, and her scholarly work is in the field of Iranian linguistics, and she's been a member of an informal network of scholars in Europe and North America working on Iranian languages for her entire career. She mentors and supervises students working on linguistics of Iranian languages, and right now, Dr. Gila Gomeshi joins me from Winnipeg, Manitoba today. Hello. Hello. I, I, I can't express strongly enough how much I wish I could be right there. Yes, actually, Roham was saying, uh, where is she? He, he thought you were coming into the studio. It seemed oh. strange that a sibling is on the show and is on the other <laughs> side of the country. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the way we've lived. So with your esteemed career, I'm actually really, you know, there's so many things that come up on this show and we think we should have Gilan, we should have Gilan. And first, I think this is the first time we've had you on Rook and it's, a, it's such an honor. Thank you for making the it's time. It's an honor to be here. Dr. Gomeshi. I, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan. It's, uh, I can't believe that I'm, you know, a guest. I, I listen um, faithfully. These are the, all the things you're required to say. Thank you. Uh, but, but also... <laughs> I'm particularly glad that you're coming on for this because this is a subject that's um, come up sort of repeatedly here and there, and we've thought we need somebody to talk to about this. We actually did a, when Clubhouse was a thing a couple of years ago, we did a session which you were part of that we talked a bit about accents then, and I was yeah. thinking about some of the questions that came up from that conversation. So this is a conversation that has elements that affect a lot of the people listening, uh, Iranians around the world, uh, including our family members who have in varying degrees uh, accents. So I, I thought we would, and I hope you're not going to get too academic and nuanced throughout this conversation because I know that everything has a way of nuancing, but ha I thought we'd start by just some definitions to get that part out of the yeah. way. So yeah. how yeah. do we define having an accent or how do we define a person with an accent? Everybody has an accent. So it, I mean, there's no, I think, um, I think the way that the word accent is used is uh, somebody who speaks differently from the way I do. So that's what you perceive as an accent. But as soon as you're among people who are different speakers, I mean, as soon as you travel anywhere, if you go to Australia or you go to the United Kingdom, people are going to say you have an accent because you don't speak the way they do. So really, an accent is the way you pronounce words. And every, you know, if you didn't have an accent, you would actually be silent. Sure, but everyone knows. Uh, I that's again, that's a very good nuanced response, and I appreciate that. Everyone has an accent, but we, but we know what we mean when we say, "Oh, I just met um, this fabulous Spanish person uh, uh, at the subway." They have a heavy accent. People know what we're talking about. 
Sure, but as I said, you've probably also heard people tell you you have an accent and find it charming Never. when you're no traveling. One's, no one's ever told you that. <laughs> but yeah, if you mean, I mean, so there's different accents of, of your your first language. So, you know, maybe that's what you're saying is, you know, it's harder to imagine, you know, con consider uh, Australian versus UK versus American as different accents, but they are. But um, because they're all still, you know, the first language of, spe of speakers. But maybe you're talking about people who are speaking English as an additional language as an adult, and then they have a different kind of accent. Yeah. That's the accent of, uh, it's not, it's the accent of having acquired English as an adult. Yeah. And um, not everybody has one of those. That's right. So that marks you as somebody who acquired English later in life. And yeah. I think for the purpose of, the, of this conversation, that's how I tried to set it up in the introduction, yeah. that yeah. we're talking about English. We're talking about basically um, Iranians or immigrants, let's say, in, in the English world, in the Western world, trying yeah. to navigate English. Because you're right, it's, it's a bit of a rabbit hole talking about accents. And I'll actually get to an interesting story about that that I had in preparation for this. So uh, let me ask you this. Do, do people, this might seem like a strange question, but I think it's come up throughout my lifetime where somebody will, even someone with a pronounced accent when they're speaking English from a, a different uh, mother tongue, as you say, will not realize that they're speaking with that much of an accent. Do people realize they have an accent when they speak or is it only when other people tell them that they have an accent that they realize it? Yeah, no, I mean, that's the, again, that's the way we talk about it. Oh, so-and-so has an accent. They don't realize that they have an accent and they don't even realize um, there's an interesting study of the way that um, even different English speakers sound and how those different ways of sounding can mark things like your age and your level of education and the part of the country you're from and um, what groups you align with. And so you know, there's micro differences, even, you know, even with people who have the same, you know, accent, and we're definitely not aware of those. And the interesting thing, I was just, you know, for me in preparing for this, I was thinking about, we, uh, you know, especially as diaspora people, you and me, we know a lot more about that in the English context than we do in the Iranian context. Yeah. But it, there's just beginning to be um, work on mapping out the languages that are spoken in Iran, in the different provinces of Iran. And Iranian speakers can recognize the accent yeah. of a Gilaki speaker or a, you know, Rashdi speaker or whatever when they're speaking Persian. But it's just that we don't, you know, we don't, you and I wouldn't be very good at that. But yeah, yeah we're better at sort of distinguishing Newfoundland English from yeah. Vancouver. You know? I, I'm getting better at, at understanding the different uh, Iranian regional uh, twangs, but uh, yeah. we, we say, don't we say dialects for that? What's the difference between an accent and a dialect? So an accent is just the, the phonetic properties, so the way things sound. Um, and a dialect would have other like grammatical properties, like, you know, or lexical, like word choices. So a dialect would be more significantly different in other ways, not just in the, the sounds. And is a particular or a highly unique way of talking uh, an accent? Like I was thinking about Donald Trump and how Donald Trump has this way of talking that is so easy to mimic, you know, that there's all these yeah. comedians doing the Donald Trump voice. 
Um, I mean, yes, he has a New York accent, but that's not really what we're talking about. He's got these nasal thing and he's got these affectations. Is that an accent or what? what is that? I don't think it would be an accent if it's specific to one person. Like, so, you know, even when we're, whenever we talk about a dialect or a language, like somebody can make up their own language and start using it. You know, I, I know somebody on this call who did that as a child. You were very creative that way, but, you know, you wouldn't necessarily, like, you you know, you, you say it's a made up language or whatever, but it isn't a language because it's limited to one person. So, no, it, to be an accent or a dialect, it has to hold of more than, it has to hold of a group of people, an okay. identifiable group of people. Okay, although he has the... The Queens, the New York the, the, accent. Yeah, the yeah, New York yeah. part, but yeah. there's idiosyncrasies, as you say, those kind of highly mimicable aspects of his speech that yes. I think are quite unique to him. Yeah. Okay, so let me get into really the impetus for having this conversation today, and that is how, and we've been talking about this in amongst the Rook team for a while, some of the team, of course, having heavier accents than others, and, and talking about how that affects their lives, they feel. Uh, let me start with this basic question. How much does having an accent play into how we perceive the person who has the accent? Uh, a lot. I mean, I, I think uh, including all the other ways that people present themselves. So the way they dress and the way they move and their, you know, all of those, you know, we're, we're instantly sizing people up. So, um, but I actually looked up the work of a linguist I really who's done some great work. I'm going to mention him because if somebody wants to find a great short TED talk that outlines what I'm going to, about to talk about, this would be the guy. His name is John Baugh, B-A-U-G-H. But he, he's done a lot of research on linguistic profiling, and he defines linguistic profiling as when a person is denied access to otherwise available goods and services by phone, sight unseen, based exclusively on the sound of their voice. So it's equivalent to racial profiling, but linguistic profiling is you don't even see them. It's just their voice. And you're going to decide on the basis of that whether you, you know, make something available. And his research was based on, um, he's actually a very skilled linguistic, he's dexterous, he's um, African-American, but he can sound white, you know, so to speak. And he can also do a very good kind of Mexican-American accent. And he, uh, based on his own experiences, he did linguistic research where he would call up um, hmm. prospective landlords mm -hmm. who were had apartments available for rent in one of those three accents. And, um, you know, the fact is that when he had the african-american accent or the mexican-american accent it was more likely that the landlords would say that they the place had already been rented or it was no longer available and so that's an example of linguistic profiling where your accent is actually denying you access to things that you you have a right to get right right there was a study i was looking at on that very note when you mentioned the, the phone calls um, where accents had a major effect on a customer service perception. So it turns out that many companies such as Apple and Dell and I think Capital One um, have, I guess, been obliged to close down their overseas customer services call centers. You know, those call centers. They relocated them to the, to the U.S. because of all this customer dissatisfaction and customer's perception towards foreign call service employees was the main motive for this relocation. Um, and... I guess the, the conclusion being that consumers were um, 
we're assessing call services differently based on call center location and cultural similarities. Now you wouldn't know all of the, any of those things. You wouldn't know where the person is. You're just simply basing that on the way they're speaking, right? What do you make of that? Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's awful, (laughs) but uh, like, you know, I mean, in the sense that judgments that have, that are, you know, that deny people something they're entitled to is awful. Um, but that's about what we do with this information that we receive through our senses, whether it's the way someone talks or the way someone looks, you know, skin color, you know, our perceptions about their class, all those things. Um, but I've often tried to also make the point that the fact that we can be so discriminating in the other sense of the word, that we can hear an accent and be able to identify so many things from that is actually kind of amazing. And we hmm. do it kind of unconsciously. So, you know, there's all kinds of information that's that we're, you know, it's like a computer. We're just computing all right. kinds of information based right. on sounds. So I I deplore the negative things we do with it, like, you know, oh, this person sounds different, therefore they're less than, you know, like I said, I, I, mean, I remember being a kid and I remember the first time this dawned on me, hearing our parents talk about someone having an Italian accent or a Spanish accent, and I couldn't hear the differences when I was a kid. And I thought they had some superpower, like I was just amazed that they could identify you know what country people were from from their accent i mean now i can do it but it's it really i remember that sort of being dazzled by it Mm -hmm. and i still think it's a dazzling thing that Mm -hmm. we can do i just wish we didn't use it for bad things yeah i've been thinking about dad a lot as i research this because because he had a, a heavier kind of accent and also because it was a time I mean I want to ask you a little bit about how how you perceive this moment versus say 20 or 30 or 40 years ago etc but just on the negative scale I'll come back to that as well on the negative scale I found a study that was even worse than the one I just uh, in terms of the impact than the one I just cited this is a study in the University of Chicago that tested the effect accents have on credibility And the study found that when a person with an accent made a factual statement, people were less likely to believe that statement was true. And the heavier the accent is, the less believable the statements would be. Uh, This reminds me of those studies that show if the person is considered more attractive, they're considered more trustworthy, that type of thing. Does this jive with what you've learned? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think... um based on the the work of the linguist I cited and others. I mean, there's a there's there's more and more research in this area and it all conf- I mean, there's no there's no there's no study being conducted where it's like, oh, no, accent makes no difference in the way you know, like it 100 um, percent people are judgmental. I mean, um, one thing that he a story he told was that the original um, example of linguistic profiling is actually in the bible i mean one of the original yeah. and i uh, this is a cute story because i i didn't know the origin of this word but there's a word shibboleth yes and i've heard it in linguistics oh you know this story i saw that I, I know the story yeah yeah go ahead i just i yeah. found it in the research as well go ahead yeah 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 so i mean i've always known a shibboleth as something that um like a, i thought it was a linguistic term but it actually means something like ear of corn but in the bible it was used by certain people. The pronunciation of it was used to distinguish people from one area from another. And basically, if you said it with an S, Sibboleth, you got killed. Yes. <laughs> 
so i mean you know and so that this john Baugh makes the point that that's linguistic profiling back to the bible um, yeah back to the bible yeah, there was yeah. accent profiling yeah yeah i, I, I so, do, go ahead yeah but, but i mean i still think i think we can rise above it uh, you know, I, I think, you know, like many things, we, we you know, many of us know better. Um, the other issue that comes up is um, this idea that, um, I mean, it's sort of uh, without without basis, this idea that, well, you know, if somebody's been here for 10 or 20 years, shouldn't they be able to speak perfectly? And, and you're, you know, the, this is another interesting thing about accent is that, you um, if you move, like you and I moved to Canada before we were, you know, hit puberty, yeah, basically. Yeah. And so we grew up with English accents and we came here and we were able to adapt to a, a Canadian accent without, I mean, nobody taught us. I mean, you know, you and I both have shared anecdotes about certain words that we practiced. For me, it was purple, mm. you know, trying to get that R. Mm. But had we moved in our later teens or yeah. our adult lives, we would not, we would still have that British accent. Yeah. And so, um, by, by the way, I don't know if you I don't know if you remember, but I was very intent on losing my English accent. Yeah. You know, little yeah, did I, I know remember. how it could come in handy later in life. I, as a charming kind of thing, I thought I just want to, you know, I'm already feel different. I'm, I've got this funny name and I'm and the nose and all of that. I last thing I wanted was an English accent. And because you were younger, three years younger, part of we're going to devolve into sibling jealousy, but you were able to do it way quicker than me. Mm. And I was super jealous. Like you sounded Canadian. <laughs> it, to me, it felt like in a, you know, in a matter of weeks, right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's also, I mean, it's also actually that some people are better or worse at picking accents up. I mean, there's still people who say, Oh, when I travel, I immediately pick up the accent of the people I'm around. Mm. So th there's individual talent but there's also this age effect that there, the older you are, the harder it is that, you know, those things right. are far more set and it's unlikely that you're going to be able to switch them. So for our, you know, our dad versus our mom, you know, there was an age difference and our dad had, a, you know, our mom had come again to North America as a younger person and so was imprinted right, with right. Um, North American patterns of speaking. But our dad but, didn't have but, that so but, it's a bit i think unfair to to um hold that against somebody of course but when i also when i intimate that uh i should have hung on to my english accent you know my uh, london accent it's because generally people find the, the english accent i mean some people many people maybe um attractive they watch the crown and they go oh, listen to the way everybody's talking or they find a comedian with an english english accent and they like it or they think it's sexy or something which raises the question how accents are perceived differently based on where in the world they're from it occurs to me that um the, the Iranian accent or the Arabic accent are not um, at the top of the list in terms of what's considered charming or seductive. How are we to understand that? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, human beings are we make um, we make everything into a symbol, like everything's symbolic of something else. So, yeah, you know, you hear an accent and it it's uh, associated with a certain set of things that are desirable. And you hear another accent and it's associated with things that are not desirable and they become symbolic systems. So the French accent has this kind of symbolism or the um, the Queen's English has a kind of symbolism. You know, one of the points I think um, that linguists try to make is it's not built into the sounds themselves 
it's this act like it you know there's nothing inherently better about oh. the queen's vowels and consonants mm. than there is about you know it's so it's socialized per, per perceptions we think the french accent is sexy because we're yeah we yeah, learn that from yeah. movies and, or something and, i mean a lot of it a lot of it comes from who's using it so one of the one of the things is that if someone's powerful or or good looking or you know rich their accent is going to be revered hmm. interesting um and same for countries. I mean, countries that are, you know, first world successful countries, you know. But isn't there something to the idea that, the, I mean, the, you know, famously the German or Russian way of talking sounds more gruff and robust and, and sort of, um, I don't know, uh, um, curt than the Italian yeah, or the French true. romantic yeah. kind of uh, sound? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like there's that, uh, you know, that the, the comparison of the French versus the German and, you know, kind of comically kind of drawing on the the smoothness of one and the jarring nature of the other. But, um, you know, but again, within Germany, for example, if you get, you know, different ways of speaking, um, it's going to the, the dialect that sounds better to people is going to map on to a um, a social category, like mm. people who are um, of a better class, um, because that's how those associations are formed. Um, so, yeah. You, you, the you... other thing that's interesting is that language is constantly changing. So, mm. you know, what, you know, the standard Canadian or the standard American or the standard UK accent of today will not be the one of 50 years mm. from now. Interesting. And yeah. the, pe the people who change it, you know, at first, so, you know, one of the, the vowels change constantly. And um, so if I'm going to say uh, the same sentence with two different pronunciations of the word to and tell me what the second one sounds like to you. So I can say it's better if you close your eyes, but I can say um, I think so, too, or I think so, too. <laughs> yeah, they sound different. Yeah, I think so, too. So if you have you uh, instead of ooh which you hear a lot now, what does that like, what does that signify to you too? That sounds kind of, uh, I, I don't, I, it doesn't sound educated. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen, like, I mean, I think the Kardashians do a lot of that with creaky voices. Right. Like, yeah. That's I really what it sounds like. like. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what's interesting is if we're all heading there, like if that's, is that that's what we all sound like in 50 years, um, that'll be a change, you know, like that'll, well, th that'll, it'll have changed. And we'll look back and we'll go, oh, these people were actually at the forefront of that change. But when it starts, you know, when you hear something like that for the first time, uh, yeah. it always sounds, sure. um, you know, it's, it's easy to put it down. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, there's some things I want to say about that too, but just when you said human beings, we are human beings. It just made me. Uh, I, the question came to mind. I mean, do do other mammals have different accents, or are we the only? I don't know if this is outside of the scope of your uh, expertise, <laughs> but I mean, does like a I, I don't know, like a seal or a monkey from from another continent have a different way of communicating than one from North America? Or? No, but there's been some interesting stuff done on bird song, and and um, I think there's some. I don't know the research off the top of my head, but I think that um, there's dialects in bird song, and um, and if if the 
baby birds aren't exposed to their dialect early enough. I think there's something kind of parallel, but I don't I don't know if anything in dogs and cats. <laughs> okay. I should also note, I should have said this maybe at the top, that I am generally referencing Iranian speaking English with an accent. I've spoken to many Iranians. Um, in fact, I was talking to somebody about this who is a more recent uh um, immigrant from Iran who's come a, a few years in the la within the last decade and I was saying people talking with an accent and she said yeah it's really funny and she was she thought I was talking about how English people speak I Persian right and but what was interesting about that is almost all the Iranians I've spoken to about uh, the way say an American speaks Persian or an English person think it's cute or charming it, it, having an accent in Persian, um, uh, maybe it's just the, the the gratitude that somebody's trying to speak Persian at all or something, but it's very different from the way Iranians are perceived when they're speaking English. It's quite a paradox. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, again, I think that's more like geopolitics, right, than it is that, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're equally, you know, a, a bad at that native accent um but as you say the idea like the idea of foreigners attempting to learn persian right. is a welcome idea you know um yeah so i want to i want to throw out a theory and uh uh it's kind of a <laughs> you know it's kind of a uh, an aggressive one so so you might want to come back on it and disagree with it but uh but i think when I was sort of thinking about this and going deep into it, I think one accents and the way people speak is one of the last frontiers where you are openly able to be prejudicial. Uh, yeah. Because we live in this era where everybody's become sensitive, in most cases, thankfully, uh, some cases a little like, too much for me, but you know, when it comes to say skin color, even as you were saying the way people, someone dresses or whatever, you know, we've the, the size somebody is, the background they have, but People say they face ridicule, condescension, even hostility for having an accent. And to a certain extent, it seems like while there has been a lot of consciousness raising about race and ethnic issues, there's still intolerance over the way other people speak, that it's acceptable to criticize or discriminate against people with non-standard ways of speaking English. You know, oh, this person is doing this wrong. I'm going to attack them. Why is this the final frontier, if you accept my, my theory? It's uh, many other brilliant minds like yours have have come up with this theory too. Um, as for the explanation of why it's the final frontier, I think maybe because so much of what we do linguistically isn't conscious. Um, you know, so we're not aware. Uh, we're not aware of our own language acquisition. We're not aware of our own accents. We're you know like that's why I love linguistics because you know for me it was this constant learning about something that um, we all do but learning about mm. it consciously so because we're not conscious of it I think um, you know we we underestimate um, for example how easy it is for someone to switch accents or even though I also think if anyone has tried to learn an, an additional language they know how difficult it mm -hmm. is um, but you know I think maybe it has something to do with that um, and also, I mean, we're not free of all the other isms yet, like racism and, and gender. No, uh, but let, let me play devil's so. advocate. It's not possible 
to change one's skin color. Is it, though, is part of the problem here that somebody would would say, well, this person can learn to speak better. They can learn to yeah. say this, that they use English in the standard way. Why are they, you know, continuing with this accent? Yeah, but I think um, I think the kind of person who who holds that belief probably is somebody who's monolingual and who hasn't tried to to learn an additional language, which, by the way, globally is a minority of people. Like most people in the globe are multilingual. So um, growing up and hearing a number of different languages and, and acquiring them. So, uh, yeah, I would say that that's a belief. It's a mistaken belief, but it would be held by someone who, you know, hasn't really tried themselves to learn another language. So, Sheila, how much is the issue of an accent about perceived education level? I have a quotation from a guy named Sam Chuat. He's a speech therapist and director of the New York Speech Improvement Service, who says, speech has always been a popular indicator of education and intelligence. This is a guy who, by the way, accounts amongst his accomplishments, teaching Robert De Niro to shed his New York accent for his role in Cape Fear so that he, as the villain, would presumably sound smarter, right, without the accent. So Mr. Mr. Chuat uh, added to me it's cosmetic it has nothing to do with your logic fund of information or ability to problem solve so what what is the correlation with perceived education level well you know that one we're switching between accents of different english speakers and then accents of speakers of other languages speaking english but so it makes more sense if we're talking about different english speakers but there's lots of different varieties of english and you may have learned one that is farther away from the standard English. And so then, you know, one of the arguments is if you learn standard English, that's going to help you on the job market in education, you know, writing essays, um, navigating, um, you know, the wor workforce, um, because standard English is sort of the lingua franca of what we do. Same thing in Iran, standard Persian, you know, you don't speak your, your mm. home kitchen language, you learn this. So there's always a standard language of education and government. But um, people have a lot of different varieties at their fingertips, so to speak, or their mouth, their mouths, and they don't always want to sound, you know, sometimes in some contexts, it's pretentious to speak standard English, and people have other varieties of English right. that they use, and we all switch. Um, I think one thing that's frustrating as a as an additional language learner is you don't get to choose your variety. So I've actually heard from people, you know, who learned English in a classroom, you know, the frustration with coming and hearing colloquial slang and, you know, people joking and not being able to participate because all they know is this sort of formal, right. you right. know, English that they learned in the classroom or vice versa. I mean, if you learn English, you know, from your hoodlum friends or whatever, you know, you may feel that you have lack of access to all kinds of things because you don't know the standard form. So, I mean, ultimately, it's good if we have a variety of registers at our fingertips. And most of us do in our first language. It's harder to get that in our second, third language. But you see, I, I want to tell my Iranian friends or the, the people working at Rook Media or everybody listening that, that, um, you know, no matter what, how heavy an accent you have, a, a, a Iranian accent, um, that you won't be judged. But this thing about perceiving someone as educated or not is not insignificant. And I do, this is where I would think of, I think of dad again, because dad was, uh, as you know, um, he was very smart and uh, sometimes very profound and certainly very charming in Persian. 
And he was a lot of times none of those things in English. And we have those horrible moments in childhood where, you know, we would go to a store and I'd be embarrassed because dad had this heavy accent and the, the perception would be he's not smart. And I would be like, this man is this great engineer and he's this smart man and he's this charming and seductive man and all these things. And they're not seeing any of that because he's he's speaking with this this heavy yeah. accent. Um, that stuff stings, you know, and I don't and I don't I, I can't. I don't know. Now maybe that's totally different in 2023, but I, I don't think it entirely is. And I don't know what to tell people if they ask me honestly, is it going to affect my life if I have a, a heavy uh, Persian accent uh, navigating through, say, rural Canada? But it's not, in that case, it's not just the accent. It's also the grammar and the vocabulary. Like, you know, when, you, when you're learning a, a new language and you don't have an extensive vocabulary, in any language, it's hard, you know, especially if you, you know, it's hard to make jokes, it's hard to express complex ideas. Um, it does harm us. It isn't the accent alone. If you had all that other stuff, the wide vocabulary, the command of the grammar, the ability to joke and use figurative language, mm. the accent wouldn't be the impediment. Mm. So it's, you know, it's, it's about a less than full acquisition of that language which is extremely frustrating I mean, we all have to go through those stages when we're learning a language where we're you know beginners and then we're intermediate and it's there's a lot of things you can't do at those beginner stages right. but you can improve a lot of those things like saying the accent isn't going to change doesn't mean you can't acquire more vocabulary acquire the grammar so there's a lot of hope um but you know and the accent then becomes something charming there's people who kind of plateau at a certain level because mm. they're not trying, um, you know, they're, they're, their language is good enough for what they need to do. And that's okay too. But if it's, if it matters for what you want to do, you can improve a lot of things. It does have an effect on people and it can, in terms of those who have a heavy accent, it can, it can affect self-esteem. Many people can feel shy or somehow deficient. I can only guess that's because some kind of stick stigma still exists like they're not just making this up you know i don't know how she'll feel about me using her as an example but parisa who works with us you know um she has an accent uh and w there was a group discussion a few days ago and it was we were speaking about something that she's i mean she's very smart and she knows about this particular you know issue that we were talking about and she was totally silent. The conversation was in English. And afterwards, I said, "Why didn't you say anything? Come on, you you know you should have." And she said, "Well, I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable because I can't speak English well enough, and they would have judged me." And I said, "Well, no, you speak well enough, but that's that's where she's at. You know, she she will not enter the conversation in English that she would enter in Persian. Um, how do we change that? How do we make the dynamic so that somebody feels comfortable in those conversations?" Well, I mean, um, <laughs> we have to become tolerant in so many ways, like we have to do better in so many ways that it's, you know, it sort of feels like this would be a drop in the bucket. But I would say um, giving space and patience and um, to someone who who doesn't have um, perfect language skills or, you know, sophisticated language mm. skills, separating what they have to say from the way they say it. So, you know, even with rudimentary language skills, somebody can express complex ideas, even when they don't have language skills yet. I mean, I remember the miracle of, 
you know, when I was a, uh, had a parent of a very small child, before that child could speak, they could communicate a lot of things, you know, but, you know, as a parent, you're looking for that, you know, you're, 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 um, and you realize that there's all range of things that this kid, my, my kid could tell a story before they were mm. verbal. You know, I mean, I think it's sad that we assume that if we judge based on how someone expresses themselves, the weight of what they have to say, and we have to separate those things out and say, you know, everyone's worth listening to and everybody potentially has something valuable to contribute, even if it's not expressed in the most sophisticated way. But like I said, that's like, you know, the, the work to become more tolerant right, right. is, is yes. you know, a, a big one. It's a mountain to climb, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, let's turn it around. Is there, is having an accent ever an advantage? It, it occurs to me that some some celebrities or movie stars, I think of Sofia Vergara, who was on that Modern Family show for years, kind of trading on the fact that she has this accent, this Colombian, you know, Spanish accent, uh, gets a lot of positive attention. You know, is that an exception or is that sometimes what happens in society? Well, I think it points to the fact that you can be you can be funny despite the accent. You can be sexy despite the accent. You can be smart despite the accent. Like I think, you know, I think um, uh, not despite, you, but it, because of to a certain extent. I mean, it's it's well, seen she's as using an advantage it in right. her comedy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I I do think that's probably about her comedic comedic skills. Um, you know, I mean, she's using it in her toolbox, and I've seen other comedians who use their who who express their comedy through their accents. Um so I think I think it can become a toolbox for cert, you know for for a lot um or it can be part of your toolbox for a lot of things but I think you know I I, I don't think you could again isolate the accent and say this one's a funny one you know it's it, it can't be separated from the uh, way the person uses it. There's something that you and I, you, I've talked to you about before that um but I'm going to ask you professionally now which is uh, and this has happened on Rook a number of times. Somebody will come on the show and they'll have a bit of a Persian accent when they're speaking English. And then I'll say, oh, when did you come from Iran? They say, And they'll say, when I was two years old. And I'll think, well, why do you have an accent? I mean, this is like some sort of uh, adopted thing that happens based on their friends they hang out with or their family. or what? What is that? What do we call that? Hmm. I don't have a word. I can't think of a word. I mean, it's the opposite of... Um... We have a word accommodation for when you take on the accent, wow. you know, that isn't yours of people around you. So maybe it's a kind of accommodation, but it's a, you know, I mean, we're always, all of us are unconsciously aligning ourselves with groups of people. Like that's what we're doing always with our language. Like we're, it's part of our identity work. And so that's a person who's, you know, expressing more of their Iranian rather than their mm. North American identity. And going back to the the person who uses creaky voice or whatever, you know, it, it, everybody's doing that in one way or the other. It's just maybe more obvious with somebody who has an accent. Do we judge that? I mean, like when Madonna moved to England and then suddenly started using an English accent. I mean, uh, you know, that seemed just fake to me. But uh, are we supposed to be tolerant of that? <laughs> yeah. The answer to do we judge that 
Like really, a hundred percent is going to be no from me. Right, right. Like, you're never going to hear. Oh yeah, yeah, we judge that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm. Yes, of course, I'm being playful. But I mean, I mean, is it? You know, is can we call it out? Can we go? Why are you saying S Starbucks instead of Starbucks? You you fucking grew up in Vancouver, you know. We can with people that we're you know that we're close to, okay. like you know, just the like you yeah, but you can't you can't yeah you can that would be that would be a way of teasing them yeah do do people with accents feel more comfortable with other people who have different accents remember when we were kids and we we first moved to canada we moved to an area called dom mills and we immediately well at least i immediately gravitated towards the other immigrant kids uh, the other first gener first generation immigrant kids a, a pakistani kid a black kid you know omar and Ravina, you know so I, how much of that is accents too i mean how much of that has to do with our both of our parents have heavy accents so you're a brother you're a sister i don't know i don't think there is that i mean i think i think the the immigrant non-immigrant um is is a huge one you know like first generation versus you know settler colonial all the way back in canada you know like i, I think those are huge uh, in every you know i i you know now people talk about being first generation in academia or for, you know anywhere like you're sort of you're the newcomer but i don't think that has to do with accent i mean i think whether I think it's it's got to do with um, are you are you new to this place or are you you know do you have the entitlement that comes from having been here forever you know so yeah hmm. okay you don't have an answer for this it seems no I was just uh, I was going on and on hoping <laughs> you interrupt me I don't have an answer for that thank you I just thought I mean I don't know point out to the audience on. that you didn't have an answer for that one. Yes, yeah, thanks. I, I mean, you know, I know of research, I don't even know of a research project on that question, which makes me think that there's nothing like, you know, people research a lot of things, but no one's researched that, which doesn't, which probably means it's a dead end. Like it just doesn't, you know, it's not a thing that people with accents, you know, and I, I think there's a lot of cases where um, people, I mean, even if you have an accent, you appreciate people who don't, hmm. you know, like, uh, so you don't want to yeah. hang out with people yeah. who have like you, you you know everyone appreciates the person who sounds the most comfortable you know in the way they're speaking do we um how, how do we feel how do, do we judge <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> no how do we feel about um classes to help uh evolve or get uh, you know lessen the, the accent when i was doing the research i know i found that some linguists question the value of accent reduction instruction arguing that accents should not be treated as impairments particularly when they don't hurt communication um some even say that the lessons prey on fears that these people will have of i've got to lose my, my accent what what is your do you have a particular prescription when it comes to this on on accents and whether people should be scrambling to lose them or not well first of all i don't know how effective they are so i you know if there was a really effective accent reduction course that someone could take and at the end of you know 12 weeks they had less of an accent i wouldn't discourage someone from taking that you know like but i don't think that it's that easy i don't and so i feel like this is a for-profit enterprise that's preying on insecurity without delivering results and then i would be against that and i think instead what we should be doing is 
preaching tolerance and encouraging people to, um, you know, even the people who are subject, I mean, it, sh it shouldn't be up to them to do the work, but, you know, everyone should try to encourage more tolerance around different styles of speaking and ways of speaking. So I don't think it's that easy. I mean, I think there's you know, there might be people who could benefit from that kind of service, but I think mostly it's um, it's a way to take people's money for something hmm. that is an insecurity. Do you think it's easier to have an accent in the way, like say in Canada today, than it would have been thirty years ago? I mean, that would be the I guess the orthodox thinking that we are progressing and everything's getting more people are having more understanding and so and we're becoming more globalized so everybody understands that this is part of the package what do you think you know at this point I mean I think if I had answered that question 20 years ago I would have said oh a hundred percent you know things are better but I've been so disappointed lately by things that have happened in the last 10 years in the world that I I, you know, I've lost faith that we're just always progressing towards mm. the good. And um, I think we're sometimes more tolerant and sometimes less tolerant in ways that are shaped by things that I don't fully understand. Mm. Like, you know, when we're when we feel like we don't have enough, then we start to get really judgmental about other people. Let's keep right. them out. Like, you know, I mean, when you know, I don't think we're more welcoming of immigrants now. You know, it, it's, uh, but I think you do not think shaped. you do not think we're more uh, welcoming. Uh, actually, in Canada, yeah, but I'm thinking of it. You know, around right. the world, right. like right. I right. still, I feel like there's still, on balance, more fear of the other than there is, right. you know, uh, welcoming. So, but as I said, I think that's probably um, because of other things. Um, so, I think Canada has always been a model of you know, a place where people can come, you know, because there's so many people from so many different places. I think it's one of the most tolerant places in the world. So I, I like living here. To a certain extent. Yeah, I think so. That That's probably true. Um, it's great talking to you. It's, uh, it's really fun. I mean, it was an interesting um, conversation. It's been, if I can come back to where we started, we're, we're going to title this episode, uh, Does Having an Accent Make Life Harder or, or something like that? And everyone's going to know what it means. But what you said at the beginning is probably maybe the most instructive or profound part of all of this, which is that we all have an accent. Uh, and that so we're all running around speaking with an accent and some people just have variations of it, I suppose. Uh, I hate how linguistic, how, how pure that is, how it's like your thing where you never judge the language. You say, well, it's evolving. Like you, we had this big debate last month about the Choresh Choresh. You probably would say, you know, people will just say what they, the language evolves. You probably don't have a position on that, right? I love debates like that because they spur so many good conversations. And so I had these conversations with um, some Iranian linguistic students actually and um it, it was a really good i mean not that not that we resolved it i mean you know yeah. the the diversity of opinions reflected yeah. uh yeah. that you you got was equal but i i did learn more than i knew about how many different ways there styles of speaking there are in iran i mean it's just so delightful to hear that you know what we 
you know, when, when we're talking about Iranians speaking English, it's just somehow we homogenize all of them, but there's mm -hmm. just such a range of ways of speaking. And so um, I really liked learning about that, including Quresh, Quresh. And you would probably, and I'm guessing you would say there was, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> it's too tedious, tediously correct. Oh, there's no right or wrong. You know, even some. You know what? You yeah. know what? You know when you talk about right or wrong, that's that's a slippery slope to saying um, everyone should talk the same way. And you know, Iran is this huge, incredible linguistic place yes. with tons of languages that are facing threats because you know, like yes. anywhere else, yes. standard Persian is like the English of yes. Iran. You know, everybody should speak the same way. Yes. And so there's, you know, kids who grow up speaking Gilaki and then go to school and, and lose their language because no, they, they that's, talk standard Persian. Spot on. But there <laughs> but there is a sliver of like this Persian accent thing that is, I think that we should, you know, that that Persians make fun of. There was that like video that came out with those, yeah. uh, that song where they were making fun of the Persian accent. I mean, is really unattractive. I mean, if there's a course that anyone, <laughs> I don't care if it's a capitalist money-making uh, endeavor, there's a course to detangle that from the, uh, the otherwise beautiful Persian accent. Uh, uh, it's but a, how would we know people were Iranian if they didn't have that accent? <laughs> But our dad didn't have that. There's, like, you, there's so many different, there's other, there's variations on it, right? There's different, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there are, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, that's another, I'll get into some of the way people say things on the next one. Um, Gila, uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, midsummer to uh, address this issue and to come on Rook. It's been such a pleasure and an honor. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. I don't Thank know. You. I don't know much about you, but you must come from a great family. You must have a great. <laughs> you must have a great sibling to be as smart as you are. That's a, a really great sibling. Those kind of that kind of intelligence comes from having a younger sibling that enables it. I think. I, I'm bummed that I had to out myself as the older one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that's correct. Um, thank you again. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. are back on here in the studio with Pega sitting here, Smart mm -hmm. Pega. You were listening along as I, I was, was talking. It was so fun to have my sister on mm -hmm. the show. She's the best. I also love the banter between you two as I siblings. Mean, <laughs> look, you know, I knew she was going to go with the everything so PC. Like she's a professor, mm -hmm. so she has to say all the right things. Yes, you know, everyone has an accent. Uh, yeah, oh, come. that was Fine. great. Yeah, okay, we get it. You know, everyone we gets a, a participation medal. I, we we know what we're talking about here. Yeah, but you know what? Funny enough. The minute that she said that, it was almost like a light bulb moment for me, right? Like, it sounds so simple, but in reality, I don't think I had ever even stopped to think, well, yeah, that is true. Every it is single true. person yeah. has their own distinct way of talking. Yeah. And yeah, it could be called an accent. Or I guess by definition, it is. And it is an accent. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, no, she, she said this to me before in the past because I get quite... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm one of the prejudicial people that I've been talking about, like you know, where I go, ah, oh, that person needs to speak, yeah. you know, and 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 she'll say, look, look, you have an accent, right? To me, and of course, I'll respond, how dare you? <laughs> this is an outrage. Uh, so, um, but I really appreciate it. I did actually uh, uh, learn a number of things there. Mm-hmm. It was great to have her on. So what? What did um, what was your takeaway? Did anything in particular stand out? There from was there was a couple things. Um, the most surprising, I think, was when she mentioned that you know most people in the world are multilingual. That was yes. That was like shocking for me. I didn't yes. think that would be the case. Although it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I guess when you think about it a little bit more, like, even well, in Iran country, now, people yeah. are like, we're listening to us. They're exactly they're English and at least right. They probably speak Arabic, and so yeah, I mean yeah, and a whole bunch of other languages. So that was that was interesting for me. Like I said, that initial comment that she made that was definitely mm. a light bulb moment. Um, and then there was um, a part where she was talking about standard English versus like let's say colloquial or mm-hmm. you know slang and things you mean like colloquial that. colloquial what did i say i don't, <laughs> I don't even know if i'm oh, saying you're, you're right. just yeah. making fun of my accent the standard english way is. to say is colloquial or like slang <laughs> uh that part i was thinking about it and i was thinking you know what that is so true because there's been so many cases where i've met iranians especially who have mm. just come to canada and they'll speak to me in english and they'll speak so academically mm. and it's like I often think, well, okay, is it because of the whole like formal thing that we have in Farsi where they're trying to be polite or is it because, you know, they prefer this way or what's the situation? But I guess what your sister was saying about learning academic English in a certain way and then you carry that over, that makes total sense. So that that definitely brought me back to a couple of experiences I had. Um, And I was actually just thinking of the same thing in Farsi where, you know, I often find myself in positions where... I try to speak to certain people and I'm confused about whether or not I can speak more or yes. if I have to speak, you know, so that, that yes. made me think of that. Um, I mean, I, can I, co- I was thinking by the way that I, I, uh, generally, you know, I, I feel comf- I, I generally feel comfortable that people, when I speak Persian, mm-hmm. think it's sweet or cute or, acceptable or admirable or whatever that mm-hmm. even if I have this heavy accent and you know this American accent or right. whatever it is that my the but I, but actually when I think about it there are for sh- like there's been time especially when I've gone to parties with some hipster academic types that mm-hmm. are all Persian you know right. and and I I feel so I, re- I do feel kind of embarrassed or mm-hmm. n- you know that I that I I realize I'm speaking I cannot communicate smart ideas i sound like a you know i sound like i'm grade five or something when i talk so uh and and to to and i live here Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily affect my employment or whatever you know and and so so for somebody who's dealing with that and that's a a liability for for Mm -hmm. work or for the other thing that gila said that i thought was was so interesting was she said uh everyone is trying to align themselves. Everyone is always mm-hmm. trying to align themselves with a group of people, right? Uh, and they, in some cases, use language to do that. This mm-hmm. was in response to me saying, "Why do some people who've grown up here yes. speak with a something what, the, what I perceive as a Persian accent or right. something like that?" And just thought that that was so interesting mm-hmm. in general because obviously this translates. This is universal when mm-hmm. it comes to say clothing or um, music or types of behavior, right? always trying to align ourselves with a certain group of people yeah that's part of the brand and so 
why wouldn't language, the way you use language, be part of that? Mm -hmm. right? Although we didn't get an answer for that, I guess. There's no academic study done on that or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, she didn't have a saying, name for it. Which so I'm, I'm so shocked because that's definitely something I've thought about it as well. And I would imagine it's something that happens to a lot of immigrant communities where... She said there was a word, though. She said... Uh, linguistic uh no she said no. the accommodation which is accommodation, the other way yeah. no but it wasn't for this it was oh. the other way around okay yeah she was saying there's no word for this glad you were listening <laughs> i tune out when my sister talks is you know trauma from uh <laughs> <laughs> no it was great now what we wanted to do was uh go to some of the comments that we've yes. had and i suspect now we're gonna have a lot more comments mm -hmm. after after this because um dr gomeshi said a lot of things there that um that I would love people to respond to. So so by all means, post on our platforms or, or you can email us at info at rookmedia.com and tell us your thoughts. But we had a bunch of comments that we had pulled before the interview that uh, we wanted to talk about. Um, so do you want to start with some? You've sure. given, you've handed me some of them. We'll, we'll share them What well, and, and talk about a little bit about what the audience has been saying. Mm -hmm. So. Go ahead. Pam. Well, we'll we'll start with Dr. Rosa Moradi, who we had recently on mm -hmm. the show, and she mentions uh, definitely impacted me professionally, especially when I was in the U.S. but not in Canada. So this is in response to the question, uh, the title of this episode: Does having an accent make life harder? Mm -hmm. She is saying, definitely when in the U.S., yes, not in Canada, not so much in Canada. Did you? I, funny enough, I saw somebody say the opposite, or somebody say. I've had trouble in Canada, uh, despite what you might this, think. Yeah, or something like actually, that. Yeah. I have that. I have oh, that one. Um, I think it's a little bit later on, but we have that comment as well. Um, then we have um, username Negarine, which is Negarina Cooper. Uh huh, Negarina. Um, and she mentions influencer. Influencer, yes. Uh -huh. Absolutely not. It's an advantage and charm that makes a person unique and exotic, in my opinion. So, in the answer to does having an accent make life harder? It's an advantage and charm. Mm -hmm. See, that's a great positive yeah. way of looking at this. However, <laughs> here go, here's well, the however. It's not I, the however. It flies in the face of those studies that I was citing right. in the interview that Gila was agreeing with. I mean, the the data shows that it does affect the way people see you negatively. In, you know, in, in, I guess, many cases. Yeah. I think there's a there's definitely a big distinction between professional and personal life. Uh, I think that's... in Now that I think about it a little bit more, I'm thinking maybe I can understand why... And this sounds horrible, but I can understand why maybe it would have an impact professionally and less so personally. That doesn't sound horrible. Well, that sounds horrible I'm about the employers. Saying, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, someone like Negarina, I mean, she, we should have her on to explain what she means but she is i mean i think she does a number of things but she's she's a singer but she's also mm -hmm. uh, has a big following on social right. media it would make sense that the feedback to her on social media is assuming she has an accent <laughs> <laughs> is that oh that's oh that's so nice exotic yeah. but getting a job at the see the, the thing that really stung was that um study that I, I cited to, to Gila that she, she said she's a, uh, familiar with the one way that says you are less trustworthy mm. you you will people will think that what you're saying is less factual because you have an accent and wow. the heavier the accent the less they'll believe you I mean that's a yeah, yeah. Th that says something about us as a whole prejudice you know? yeah yeah 
Um, next we have Shirin Nasseri. She mentions definitely, although it's not my accent that makes life harder, it's their native English speaker's accent. She's being funny. <laughs> I like that take. The question is, uh, does having an accent make life harder? Thanks for that, Shirin. There's another Shirin, Shirin Mehriar, who says, very interesting topic. To, ha- to me, having a Persian accent does affect my work, and it's annoying sometimes, LOL, but my nice coworkers coping with me it's written this with a bit of an accent uh but uh well that's that's good it does affect my work but there but, but people there's are, acceptance yeah acceptance that's okay good. um move like ellie mentions i was rejected because of my accent in an audition for a tv project so clearly See? legit yeah oh here's that mahrukh butimar says uh does having an accent make uh, life harder definitely especially wow. here in Canada, unlike what is believed. Yeah. We're, so we're you're not be... immune just because you're in a place that is full of immigrants mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, sometimes I think that, yeah. there's And, you know, a number of people, I don't know if you pulled any of these, but also a number of people were talking about the difference between uh, accents and places mm-hmm. where the accents come yes. from. I brought that up with yeah. Sheila. It's a tough one, right? Because it almost sounds racist to talk about it. We're like, oh, the French accent is so mm-hmm. sexy. This one isn't, you know. But that feels like a very much a to be rook about it. Yes. That's very much a reality too. Exactly. That some accents based on what we've been socialized, Hollywood, whatever, mm-hmm. we see as negative, villainous, um, you know, uneducated, whatever. And, and the then, reverse. We've been conditioned to like certain accents. Come on, you know. Uh, what else you got there? Uh, this one was interesting. Kamyar Yazdani poses a question. He says, have you uh, have you even seen a top executive with an accent? I love this question. Yeah. Because it, it just, I was rolling it around in my head for a while. Do, have you seen a top executive with an accent? First of all, it presumes the top executives are here because I'm assuming that in Ch- in Shanghai, there's mm-hmm. top executives of course. Who, who, <laughs> who definitely have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not when they're speaking Mandarin, though. No, but I mean, so, if they were to speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But, but it was an interesting question because off the top of my head, I had to search a little bit to yeah. come up with. Well, see, I was saying, as soon as I read that, I was thinking about it and I was saying, or I was thinking that I have seen executives who I can see visibly from their names or even from their appearance. 100%. Make immigrants. an assumption yeah, that they are immigrants, whatever, yeah. but they don't necessarily have an accent. No. They, they're, you know, either they've been brought up in the West or no, yeah. they've lost their accent along the way or whatever yeah. the case is. But although visibly they're an immigrant, That's they right. don't. And even if, yeah, like they're a Persian, they're a Dara Khosrowshahi right. type yeah. who doesn't speak with an accent. But imagine like the Persian guy is like the head of Starbucks and he's like, in a Starbucks, our company is like, people would just be like, what? Uh, you know. Problematic. <laughs> well, they're the same people who are not responding to the phone calls because they assume yes, that they're the customer service, the customer service that data, right? That yeah. was, uh, but I, I'm sure we're missing a lot of, I'm sure there's top executives. Oh, also, absolutely. also, we are, because of the nature of the show or maybe because of the, the audience or because of what we're thinking about, we're thinking about people from the Middle East. Yes. Surely there's top executives with, you know, European Russian, or yeah, yeah or, or for sure. Japanese or something, you know. Uh, there, yeah. um, there was a comment. I actually have it. It's a couple of comments down, but someone makes a good point about the different fields and professions. So we'll we'll get to that. I mean, it's a couple okay. of comments forward. So I'll keep going through these. Right. Um, where were we? Ven- Venus five three nine. 
says depends on the accent professionally if the accent is northern or western european there's a favorable bias societally it depends on the location where the accent is quote unquote spoken see i don't think that's untrue Mm -hmm. i think there's something to that for sure like anything right it's like i mean we we have studies that show that people who have more symmetrical faces mm-hmm. are more are more considered more trustworthy. We are such judgmental it's people. The people are people. Humans are the worst. Yeah, that's we really why are. I love dogs. Yes, I, I know, agree. I don't think dogs are. Uh, by the way, did you love that question about the, do mammals have accents? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I, she took me seriously. She was there? like, "Well, uh, the studies on this show, but but yeah, I mean, I don't think true Ugi, academic. Yeah, yeah exactly." <laughs> Everything's allowed. Everyone yes. has an accent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, next, we have Insta Fariba. Mm, three M's there. Uh, yes, it does, but it also depends on where one lives and how diverse the community is. Everyone talks about having an accent, but what about listening to someone with an accent? How frustrating! How well, How frustrating! It is to have to listen to someone who can't, uh, who you can't understand at all. I once had a professor who was Chinese with a very strong accent, and it was just impossible to understand. Uh, and it goes on to say, frustrating and awful, and no one learned anything. Yeah, I'm reading the same. So, well, it's not an illegitimate point. Mm-hmm. If somebody has a heavy enough accent that you have trouble understanding mm-hmm. them, and you're the point is an educational institution that you're learning from them. I guess that's a... But I guess they didn't have a problem getting the job. Well, mm. look at you. Right? Let <laughs> me <laughs> uh, read this again. Also depends on where one lives and how diverse the community... Everyone talks about having an accent, but what about listening to an accent? How frustrating is it to have to listen to someone whom you can't understand at all? I once had a professor who was Chinese with a very strong accent and was impossible to understand. I... It's a, it's a bit dodgy, though, isn't it? A bit, it's a bit like I don't well, know. No, if that, I, I don't know if that accent. I, I mean, I don't know if this comment is is is, is the comment. I, I, I I'm sure it's not is meant the comment this way. With an accent? Is, no, is the comment <laughs> offensive? You know, I I don't understand the way this person talks. I mean, okay, here's let's the take thing. it at face value. They, I, I've you been really in, actually yeah. had trouble understanding. I, I've been in that position. Okay. I, I've taken a course. You're the people that you're the person that people don't understand. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. but no, I've taken a course where I had great difficulty trying to understand the professor's language, for better word. Mm. Um, he had such a strong accent, and it was so difficult and to that's understand. The professor's problem. No, I'm not saying it's anyone's problem. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it was actually maybe it was my problem because right. I was having difficulty understanding him. But I just mean to say, you know, I, I sympathize with Fariba here saying that she's been in that position because sometimes it is difficult. And this actually makes me think of things like, I don't know, like the person announcing the stations on the transport system. Would you want someone with a heavy accent that you may have difficulty understanding? Wow. Uh, hey, I'm just wow. being realistic here, right? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. If, or, or I don't know, in a safety... Or someone who speaks perfectly like me. Right. Yeah, which one would you want? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like a safety-sensitive no, no, situation. Uh, would you want someone that's uh, difficult to understand? But the, And the problem is, she, I think Gila was saying in, in the interview, like it, there's all kinds of things that you telegraph with an accent. Mm-hmm. So if you had someone doing the subway announcements with a particular accent right. the, the assumption would be you're trying to communicate something like mm-hmm. is this a subway for like it's like a person has a german accent you go oh, this must be a german subway right. or something that's so interesting yeah i think there's definitely situations where um the norm 
like the I don't, I don't know what to call it like well there's English, no norm like, if everyone yeah, has an accent uh, you, but you know right, what i mean right, like yeah, standard yeah. english yes. like your sister was saying yes. right like standard english needs to be used in certain situations yes like subway announcements safety sensitive situations like the airport i don't know situations like that right you would you're want, saying it must be used yes standard. because i think oh. that that's <laughs> am i gonna take heat for this <laughs> i think we're both things <laughs> we're, we're both yeah, saying yeah. things. well that, it's no it's i mean it's it's hard yeah it's a hard one if someone has a heavy enough heavy enough accent that you can't understand them, mm-hmm. you're paying to go to university and you can't understand your professor, I think that's a legitimate question. I don't think the answer necessarily is that it's the professor's fault, no. but I but I also don't think it's an illegitimate question. Yeah. I think that's why wouldn't why, why wouldn't you be allowed to question that? Right. Uh, you know. I mean, uh, I would question the university situation less than I would airport or a safety sensitive situation or public transport a safety sensitive situation is an interesting one that one i think is critical you you have a flight attendant that people can't understand right saying put on your life guard yeah and then god forbid that plane is is uh (laughs) crashing crashes Uh yes (laughs) and then you you didn't hear the person and know how to put on your life jacket or something right 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 yet you're suggesting that the life that the uh flight attendant (laughs) should not have an accent to no, be hired I, for the job. Not, you know, I'm just saying, I think for These certain are issues. These situations, are that, yes. it's important to have a clear method of communicating. Well, yeah. That's what it is. Uh, list with Desiree. Uh, I know, I know. List with Desiree. Uh, uh, and uh, Desiree says, no doubt we find some accents entertaining or more amusing than others. Mm-hmm. But accents aren't just purely about how we speak they are one of the most distinctive cues for where we come from. They immediately mark out who we are and they form a core part of our identity. This can make it hard for marginalized and minority speakers to find a job, gain education, or even find a home. It it takes just a moment for us to pass judgment on a person based on how they sound. This is a perfect comment. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you know, that summarizes what we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Very, very well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Tara Sky One. Absolutely. Having an accent can make everything more challenging and you often face different treatment. Thankfully, in the fields of high tech and engineering, accents don't make a difference. However, when it comes to accessing services such as doctors, the story is quite different. You are often treated as if you belong to a lower stratum of society. See, this was interesting. This is the one I was saying about the different fields. But what's what's problem what's worrisome about this is mm-hmm. it's counterintuitive. You would think the doctor, I mean what this person seems to be Tara seems to be saying that you're treated worse. She's been an experience or seen somebody treated worse mm-hmm. because they have an accent by a doctor. That's horrible. That's it's worrisome. That's that would be the place that where you'd think that there shouldn't be uh, any judgment. Right. I mean this is a yeah, this is, uh, you know, as my sister said, I mean, uh, <laughs> when I was jokingly saying, should we pass judgment on, right. we shouldn't be passing judgment at all. Yeah. And this is, to be serious for a moment, this is anywhere where somebody is um, receiving lesser mm, care or, mm-hmm. I mean, lesser lesser of anything. Right. Because they have an accent yeah. is terribly worrisome, right? Mm-hmm. This is that that's a that's a, a freaky comment. Very. Uh, however, when it comes to accessing services such as doctors, the story is quite different. You are often treated as if you belong to a lower stratum of society. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. I'm sure it happens. I mean, this is what racism is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, oh, here's a fancy white person who speaks this way. Let's 
let them in ahead of the line to the yeah gosh all right uh bookmark dot nature accent means i also speak another language other than english and i am proud of it there you go as you should be definitely still might not help you get a flight attendant <laughs> job if peg is hiring <laughs> Here You've worked go. with airlines. I, I do work with you work airlines. So, yeah. so does a the, are there rules? Uh, God, there's got to be. The, there's the there's definitely rules to... about how you um, present the safety instructions. Yes. Yeah. There are rules for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, what else? Shada Graham, you need to come to the elementary school and see some of the students make fun of your accent. So rude. I'm sure. Definitely in children. I think that's that's something that's. Uh, they're bugged for all right and i think you got one more right one more yes mehnoosh for life the answer is no in multicultural societies of today especially in western countries everybody is from somewhere and everybody has an accent it also depends on your self-confidence well you know what let's hope that's right yeah let's hope that's right thank you for that mehnoosh thank you to all of these people who've written in and all of the rest of you who have been uh, writing us in our email and also posting on our different mm -hmm. platforms your comments it's it's great to get this conversation going. Please keep it going. If you have um, uh, responses to, to to what to either the interview with Dr. Gila or what Pega and I have just been talking about, by all means, send them to us. We'd love to hear them and we'd love to to read them next week. Maybe yeah, we'll for sure. Continue the conversation. Uh, let's park the accent conversation mm -hmm. for a moment and before we wrap up today. We didn't do the Rook Roundup yet because I wanted to get to Dr. Gila, who is waiting. Uh, but you, do you have a couple of things for the Rook Roundup before we end off for yeah. the, this week? Well, episode I just, 272? I wanted to touch upon a couple of things that we've talked about over the last couple of episodes. So Tumaj Salehi, yes. we talked about um, last week as well. So we've now heard... Well, he wasn't sentenced yet last week. That's we what I was, Exactly. Oh, right, so right. it's now confirmed. So last week we talked about some... We had speculated about certain things. There were some rumors, things like that. So now he has officially been sentenced. He's been given a sentence of six years and three months in prison. Hmm. He's also been banned from leaving the country for two years. They're this revoking is the dissident Iranian rapper. This is. Um, and they're rec revoking his passport for two years. He's also going to be banned from any activity that has to do with music and singing for the duration of those two years. Um, and all of this, might I remind everyone, is after 252 days of him being in solitary confinement. What did you make of this? <sighs> I just... What did you make of the sentence? I mean, honestly, the sentences aren't even surprising to me anymore. They're right. ludicrous no matter what. No, it's I ludicrous, mean, for sure. You know, but what, what is did he you receiving a sentence for in the first place? I mean, they're, right. they're charging him for propagandist activity against the government. No, it's... Utter it's, bullshit. It's absolute bullshit and an and absolute violation of any human rights around freedom mm -hmm. of speech and expression, whatever. However, the reason I'm asking is I think it's a very deft move by mm -hmm. the regime. It's weird, right? Because you, on the one hand, it's outrageous. On the other hand, it could have been worse. Mm -hmm. And so they're cutting off at the knees the the sort of expectation that it was going to be lifetime or, you know, God forbid, something, execution or that that type of thing that would... So I feel like... What I saw in social media mm -hmm. as the news filtered out was a confusion around how to respond to this. Yes. Because on the one hand, people are, are outraged that too much is, in, is you know detained at all. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, after all that has been said and and no, you know, I mean, I think there was among some people probably some relief. Yeah. Like, okay, so within six years maybe he'll be out and you know i mean 
now we have sort of it's not this amorphous what's going to happen where is he where mm-hmm. you know so i saw some confusion around that yeah lots of confusion lots of um divide amongst how to feel about this because like you said there were some individuals who had said you know they're relieved because at least this isn't um you know they aren't going to execute him or at least it's not a lifetime sentence or things like that but then the the i guess the question is how is it that we feel comfortable being relieved with that when this person has done nothing to even be in prison in the first place Mm -hmm. right but me personally i think it was i think this is the maximum that the regime could have done without severe backlash if that makes Mm. sense i almost feel like if they had um you know which is sad which is sad i mean all of this is sad but i think you know if they had given him lifetime in prison or if they had even wanted to execute him i think the the reaction and yeah that's the what I'm saying. That would be so severe. Yeah, it was a, it was a deft move. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I think. But okay. all of it is is very, very sad. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch upon was Robert Malley. Our, our, our old friend. Our old friend, O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the former, now former, right? Former um, uh, Iran envoy to the U.S., uh, the Biden administration, you know, special still, envoy. Yeah. Still not officially former. They, they haven't pulled his uh he's just on leave yeah it's it's very murky all of this is very murky but and and that's why i wanted to touch upon it because last week you know we were just starting to hear about this and there was an investigation going on um which is still going on by the way and that's why we still don't know if his title has been dropped or not but a couple more details have emerged so we now know that the fbi is also looking into this so that in and of itself is huge um they're looking at how he had handled classified materials so perhaps some mishandling of information um there's been some reports that the state department was very frustrated with him because he wasn't sharing information with the state department at least not in a timely manner um to the point where a committee chair actually asked for deadlines to be imposed on him for him to have or give access to Mm -hmm. certain information which is crazy to think Mm. that you know he would be withholding information or or not passing them over in a timely fashion um and then this of course led to congress being involved and then congress had made some statements saying that they were misled about the reasons that he was Mm. absent um that's where we had the news of the family health matter which we now is know is not the case there was not a health matter so all of this is still very murky he's another cause for confusion because you know on the one hand he's been the at the epicenter of our vitriol of, mm-hmm. of inaction by the Biden administration or uh, the U.S. or even enabling the regime mm-hmm. and uh, aching to get back into that nuclear deal and all that. And we put pinned a lot of that on him and people were saying, resign, Robert Malley, you don't care about the Iranians. Whatever. On the other hand, it's part of me goes, do, why do we even care about this guy? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the it, reason we care is because if he's been colluding with Islamic regime. Well, that's true. Right? That's true. That, but I, that but I mean, be... it's not like if Robert Malley is gone, the administration is going to have no. some new person with a completely different, you know, right. action plan because it's they're acting as a mm-hmm. to their own interests as an administration. One one assumes so. It's not like one person is going to make that yeah. that kind of difference, probably. But you're right. You're right. If there's some mm-hmm. wild collusion thing going on, that would be what would be interesting. But speaking of um, his deputy Abrams Pally, who's now the serving acting special envoy for Iran, I'm surprised at how quiet he's been. We haven't heard anything well, he from him. Say? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's stepping into a very sensitive situation. He hasn't mm. so much as to made a statement. Nothing. So we'll see what comes of that. But. That was the roundup. Just wanted to touch upon a couple of things from last week. 
Thank you, Pega. Thank uh, you. And uh, again, with our conversation about accents, um, we'd love to hear from you guys out there. Uh, by all means, post on our platforms or email us at info at rookmedia.com. We'll continue the conversation. And um, uh, if there are questions that we didn't get to that I, I didn't properly ask of my sister, uh, we'll have her back. We'll continue the conversation. Thank you again. This is Full Time for Rook for today. Remember, for all things Rook-related, head over to our website, rookmedia.com, where you can see our back episodes, our history series, our funnies, our videos, our moments, and Rook the Experts. Rookmedia.com is the destination. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together each week. Savvy Rohan, Bearded Omid, Super Parry Saw, Talented Anahita, Smart Pega and Sound Person Louise. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already on any or all of our platforms. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. In the meantime, as ever, Mizun Bashi.